So here we are in a new reality. Things have changed so much over these last uh, weeks and it's hard to believe that uh, the Church of England now has reached the point where it's said that we can't gather uh, together as churches. Um, it's a huge challenge for everybody to try to come to terms with that uh, as well as to be able to keep safe. But the reason that we're doing that, of course, is because we want to show uh, love for one another. We want to be able to make sure the people who are most vulnerable are kept safe as, as far as that is possible. But it's a huge challenge to the church uh, to wonder how can we be church um, that isn't gathering. But there are uh, a lot of opportunities that come our way to be church in a different way now, um, even though we can't meet together. And we've been uh, looking at that this morning as a team and looking at alternatives and possibilities and opportunities that really make a difference for the longer term future. And one of the things I was sharing with, with the team that I'd like to share with, with you is how we as a church are people who follow a, a, a risen Lord who comes to his disciples uh, in situations where of crisis and comes to them and speaks peace, comfort, he speaks a sense of, of uh, opportunity for something new that is going to go forward for them in the future. Uh, and of course, if uh, you look at the Greek uh, meaning of that word, opportunity, uh, the word is crisis, and that means either crisis, or it can be tra tra translated as opportunity as well. So that, um, that sense of, there is both a sense of, of crisis within our communities, but also there are opportunities for new things to happen and for new uh, ways of being church to be expressed. So I just wanted to share a passage that was really um, on my mind when it came to thinking about the way that Jesus might want us to uh, address this situation that we're in right now. Um, and that is in John's Gospel, uh, chapter 20. Um, I'm just reading uh, three verses, starting at verse 19. It obviously comes at a time when Jesus has been crucified and is risen from the dead and has made appearance to Mary. And then he appears to his disciples in the upper room. John writes, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The fact was that Jesus came into a situation where the disciples were full of fear and there is a huge amount of fear around in our society right now. We don't know what's going to happen next and we don't know whether things will affect us in a way that is so serious that is beyond imagining. So the thing that struck me about this was that Jesus comes to a place where they were in their fear and he comes to a place where we are 
in our place of fear. And he stands among them. He stands among them in a way that they can recognize. He wasn't keeping aloof from them, but he comes right into that place of fear. And he speaks to them and says, peace be with you. But I think it must have been incredibly hard for the disciples to really um, hear those words of peace, because they were so full of, of these emotions of worry and anxiety and, 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 and trepidation for what the future might hold. And it's difficult for us to hear that word, peace be with you, in that situation. But Jesus did two things. Firstly, he showed them his hands and his side. In other words, he assured them that it really was him, and he was the one who had gone through such huge suffering. And in our situation, we are in a place where whatever suffering we might be going through, whether it's mental or physical, we will find the same Jesus coming and standing with us. He shows them his hand and his side. And the disciples, we read, were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They recognized him and they knew he was the one who was there with them. And that attitude of fear was was changed into joy through the faith that they had, that Jesus had risen from the dead. Faith overcomes fear. Jesus therefore says again to them, peace be with you. And this time I think they really could hear this shalom, all is well, well-being, uh, at this greatest level, peace be with you. And with that sense, they were able to receive not only what he has shown them about himself, that he was alive, that he'd suffered, and that he was an overcoming of that suffering. But he also assured them that he still had a message and a mission for them, a purpose for their lives. As the Father sent me, he said, so I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples were given that new commission. And with our lives too, we always have a purpose from the Lord. That he fills us with a sense of, um, of going and doing the things that Jesus would have us do. Not in our own strength, but being filled with God's Spirit. And that's true, and as true for the church today, uh, in this week, as it was for the church last week, uh, and the week before, and the year before, and the year before that. We always have that commission from Christ. We're the same church. We're called to love others. We're chosen to be able to speak out and to bring comfort and light to others. Now in our situation we have chosen not to gather with others but rather to gather unto the Lord. We are both a gathered and a scattered church and to show our love for God and others where we are. We are all in different places whether it's in our homes, sitting on our own, or whether it's in our workplaces, for those who are able to be healthy enough to still be in places where they're mixing with others. 
In our local community, we have opportunities to shine as lights in this world. We're the same church, and we also have the same values. And I think that the, the key thing is that we are uh, able to identify with those values in, in this crisis situation, perhaps even more than with, um, as we were before. Those values of prayerfulness, of openness, graciousness and thankfulness. And I just want to say a few words about each of those as we go forward into this new reality. Firstly, being a, a prayerful church means that we can put into practice what Jesus has been teaching us about how to pray, to use the opportunities to uh, draw on the various tools and resources that we want to be able to um, learn from and make, make part of our lives. We can practice those simple things that we learned in the prayer course, the P-R-A-Y thing about pausing and rejoicing and then asking and even yielding. We can continue to worship but in different ways. And we've been thinking of different ways that we can do that which we will be publishing on the website and, and communicating in many different ways that allows us to be able to uh, pray and to come together at a safe distance, but not in a way that uh, is, uh, we're used to. We are going to be offering opportunities for the church to be open at particular times uh, each day and to be able to find spaces within the church to, to pray. We're also going to be able to stream, we're going to try to stream acts of worship and have different people contributing to different uh, thoughts for the day that will be available for us to participate in. There's a lot of things that we can do to continue to build one another up as we seek to pray. Praying for one another, praying for our nation, praying for our world and praying for those in particular need. Secondly, we are called to be an open church. Openness is a key value that we have. We want to be open to God's spirit, to the spirit's insight, to creative ideas that might come, to have an openness to the reassurance that Christ can bring and the courage that he gives us. And also being open to one another in listening to each other's needs, the needs of those in our street, opening our hearts to others and taking action where we can as appropriate. So there's a real opportunity to be open in a new way to all these possibilities. Thirdly, graciousness. If we're going to be a gracious church, we need to be able to, I think, overcome quite a lot of temptation to be quite introspective. And, and I was talking with somebody just recently who was finding time at home being, getting really bored and wondering what on earth they were going to do with the time. And I think sometimes that boredom, that anxiety can breed uh, stress, it can lead to depression and feeling quite lonely at times, and even people feeling forgotten. In that situation, it, we're, what we're seeking to do is to encourage one another to share stories uh, of hope, to encourage each other, and to be committed to acts of graciousness and kindness and what we want to try and do is to, is to gather stories
from different people and put those out there so that they will encourage us to continue to be gracious to one another and to be gracious to ourselves in not rushing, in not thinking that we have to um, get everything done at once, but give ourselves some time, give ourselves some space so that we can uh, just take an opportunity to enjoy the extra time we might feel we have. And then finally, we the opportunity to be thankful. Thankfulness is such a key value in all these things. Um, when we stop and pause as we come to God in prayer, there's so much uh, to be thankful for. We are indeed in some ways more able to relate to the persecuted church uh, where they have to be very careful about meeting together. We can be thankful for the lessons we can learn from, from them. We can be thankful that we are indeed blessed, as the scripture says, in, with every kind of spiritual blessing in Christ. And whatever changes our lives encounter, we know we can be thankful that God remains true, God remains faithful. Um, I don't know those of you who were able to hear the Ugandan choir uh, fairly recently sing that song, Seasons Come, Seasons Go, uh, but my Jesus, he never changed. And that has been a, a real mantra for me to continue uh, in these times of uncertainty. We can be thankful for the opportunities to cultivate this attitude of gratitude, uh, which is in a way a spiritual discipline, uh, a holy habit, and if we do need to be uh, at home for three months or so, uh, we've got plenty of time to turn a daily attitude into a lifetime habit, which could in the long term be incredibly uh, significant. So those four values of prayerfulness, of openness, of graciousness and thankfulness can form the foundation for us going forward. And to remember that it will pass this time, uh, which is so strange, it will pass. It is just for a time. And we will be able to return to being together, I think with renewed joy, uh, with a stronger faith, and with a more certain hope and a love that has been deepened by the God who is with us every step of this journey. So I want to say how much I'm committed to praying for, for everybody at Christ Church and being able to serve as, as the best way I can. I'm not personally going to be able to be out very much after the weekend because being diabetic, I have to be shielded. <laughs> um, but I, I hope that I will raise the shield of faith around me to become a person who is more Christ-like through the suffering. As Jesus said, he, he learnt obedience to God through the things he suffered. Uh, and whatever our situation, I pray that we will be able to learn to be more true to Christ and to continue to follow him wherever he has placed us.